Hello, we're the Sticky Bun Boys. I'm Michael. And I am not. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, first of all, where have you been? And secondly, welcome. We're currently rewatching the first series of The Great British Bake Off. This week is Biscuit Week, although that's a very loose concept considering they mainly make pastry and meringue. Well, maybe biscuits had a looser meaning back in the early 2000s. Well, maybe you had a looser meaning back in the early 2000s. <laughs> nice one. Thank you. Thought of it myself. Shall we get down to it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, episode two, Biscuit Week. But most importantly, where are they, Michael? They are in Schoon, which is my hometown. Is it actually a town or a village or it's what? It's technically a village. It's a village of Schoon. It looks very pretty. It's filming in the grounds of Schoon Palace, which was where old Schoon used to be until like a rich, probably conservative, moved into that castle and raised that whole village to the ground. Oh. And they built a new Schoon like up the hill a bit it's basically a village but it's where kings and queens in scottish history before the english ruined everything that's where they were crowned like they were crowned at the bottom of the hill just around the corner from where the tent is it's like mary queen of scots all that shit like that was all there which is really kind of cool but really interestingly when we did our backstory filming for our series of bake-off when they realized they were coming to schoon they were like oh we need to get backstory filming of you in Screen Palace and I thought they were going to like film like in the fun bits of Screen Palace but they kept like, directing me towards this field and this like archway uh, and I was like what's the point like why aren't you getting actual Screen Palace but that's because that's where the tent was this is where it was so like, walking through there I genuinely because I've never seen this before I didn't realize it was actually where it actually was and it's quite cool that I grew up playing around there like yeah. with my family and stuff and like I was in Schoon when this was filmed. This is 2010s. I lived there. I'd lived there for 10 years. So this was happening while I... It's weird to think while it was happening you while you were alive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And very strange because also it was Biscuit Week in your hometown and you hate Biscuit Week. I hate Biscuit well, Week. Well, also this wasn't really Biscuit Week. The thing that I was most interested, apart from all of that, because I was thinking that whole time, like, oh, this is where Michael grew up. But also when we were doing The Traitors, you talked about peacocks and you talked about the peacocks in Scoon, and it kept on showing them in this episode. And it could you hear them, them in the background? Yes, they were screaming away. Like, ah, ah. In fact, that must have quite annoyed the sound people on Bake Off because that would have been happening a lot. Just like with the camera people with all those people walking past or staring through the windows, <laughs> that probably annoyed them as well. Continuity was ruined. There was a lot actually in this episode because they had the sides up and mm. when they were kind of like cooling biscuits and things, they just kept on having people wandering past. Actually, 
oh, I should have been looking for you. You might have walked past. I don't. I, 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 I didn't know this was happening. I didn't know this existed. I don't think I watched Bake Off until like series the one with Nadia and Tamal. For continuity thing, just on continuity, they are still all having to wear the same clothes two days in a row. So that hasn't changed. Oh yes, they are yeah. still wearing the same clothes, and we still get this question despite us having answered it many times. The reason is so that they can use shots of you from the entire weekend whenever they want to. So it could be that they're using a shot of you looking stressed on day one during the challenge on day two to create a storyline they're trying to make basically yeah. and the other thing is which sounds silly but it does mean something is you attach someone to the way they look as well yeah and already i was finding it difficult enough with 10 people last week to that's because we literally only saw three of them because they <laughs> pretend someone didn't exist yeah so if they change their outfits all the time then it would get more confusing yeah for um sure. so biscuit week the signature was biscuits but they yes. did give a time in this one three hours which it, seemed like it, a it long was, it time was two two hours <laughs> which is less long actually to be fair it's but more st- reasonable <laughs> but still to make some biscuits two hours but also they just had a batch they didn't say how many they just yeah had a, a batch of biscuits well which then because i mean jumping right towards the end ed walks up with two plates full of biscuits all like stacked spiraled around there must be about a hundred in there and then jonathan walks up with five <laughs> he had five biscuits how is that a batch of biscuits that's what they asked for <laughs> That's what they asked for. If you use a small tray, that is a batch. <laughs> it was very interesting having people doing all different kinds of biscuits. But I thought it was more interesting. Yeah. Because again, it is their signature. You, signatures can't be prescriptive. I think that's perhaps what I'm enjoying is that they're kind of, they're freeing them up with a signature and then then like focusing them down on the showstopper. And I quite like that, I think. Yeah. Jasminda, I mean, this whole thing where people have biscuit debates, but Jasminda made like a millionaire's shortbread type thing. Yeah. Is that a biscuit? Well, I guess shortbread is. famously is a biscuit. Yeah, but I always think millionaire's shortbread, it's kind of like a tray bake. I think of a tray bake as being different to a biscuit. Uh, I suppose, but I think I would, I would still count it as a biscuit, I think. Yeah. And she made it with mac- macadamia nuts as well, which sounded really nice. Yeah, um, she also, it just, the caramel looked terrible. It was very anemic. Yeah, it sounded nice. I don't think it was, Yeah, but it sounded lovely. But I, I would say millionaire's shortbread is a biscuit because it's you have to get the biscuit right and it's just a topped biscuit yeah the biscuit's the important bit i guess now it's funny when you have different alex made eyes at me when i said the word topped but i'm not gonna <laughs> rise to it actually <laughs> and also why is alex making eyes at me alex, so alex, a conversation? Has, alex has been making a lot of eyes at you recently. <laughs> it's usually about your tip so were there any that jumped out that you really liked the idea of uh, let me just quickly google what i what they, what they all did because <laughs> I, the biscuits I didn't follow were. down uh, oh i loved the idea of david's biscuits which were savory and they were cheese and rosemary biscuits which i thought was very smart and did i say rosemary correctly yeah rosemary yes. i've yeah. spoken about this before i find that hard word they were quite thick I don't mind that. I thought for... No, no, it's quite... Because for a more of an oat cake, it'd be quite crumbly. But I also like... I really like it when you get those really thin oh, so cheese So I had biscuits. a cheese advent calendar this year mm. for Christmas with the different cheese each day. And sometimes it was like a biscuit to have the cheese on. And I had like a cheesy biscuit and it was like, I don't know, like the width of a, of a finger, perhaps. So it was like fairly thick. It wasn't, wasn't like thick. chunky, but it wasn't thin either. It was kind of like medium level mary would say it will take less than three hours but more than one <laughs> but it was lovely like it's not a bit of a snap to it it was like a savory shortbread almost oh yeah um, i really liked it and that was what this made me my mouth started watering i've not had breakfast yet but that sounds great to me like honestly that sounded like my perfect i love cheese i love rosemary perhaps you can have some of that apple butter from last week yeah um, i actually and i liked the fact that he did go different and went for savory they did sound really good i really liked the idea of ruth she did peanut sorry, shortbread. quickly just back to david mary said it's a bit thick but otherwise perfect 
<laughs> she doesn't like it too doesn't thick. Doesn't like it. We're learning that about Mary, actually. It's one of the judges that we haven't actually spoken about before. She either doesn't like it too thick or she just doesn't like spending too much time preparing. <laughs> it's, all about, it's all about time management yes. and ease of entry. She doesn't have enough time. Um, I really liked Ruth's peanut shortbread. They said it was very salty, but I'm a real salt fiend now. I love salt. I love salt, but like I'm also, I think I'm eating too much salt because I wake up in the morning and like I feel like I've never drank like an ounce of water in my entire life. My mouth is the Sahara Desert. But that's fine. Just drink more water and eat, continue eating salt. I don't know. Like it just, I mean, it was interesting enough, but I think it was just a bit like, interestingly, I'm saying I'm enjoying it being simpler, but loads of these were so simple that I was a bit like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Talking about simple, Ed, it came to Ed Kimber. I can only call him Ed Kimber. Came to Edward. And he said, oh, I don't like doing the obvious things. I like to do things. With... And then he was doing an oatmeal cookie. But a really what was... basic bitch oatmeal cookie. But I thought it was interesting, though, because he was saying that he likes, he likes the concept of a cookie and milk. And so he's to try and get the milk flavor into the biscuit. He said, don't you roll your eyes at me, David and He put Atherton. a bit of milk powder in his biscuit. And white chocolate to try and add that flavor. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, if that was just the thing, it's the way that he was trying to make out, he'd like reinvented a biscuit and he was doing yeah, an oatmeal sure. cookie. Okay. Uh, but it, it did sound very nice. Shall we talk um, about how everyone was bowled over by the fact that Miranda just made some plain vanilla biscuits? <laughs> just decorated them with some And they were acting like it was like the most incredible thing. And I was like, there's milk powder happening over here. <laughs> yeah. There's this other person who's making savory biscuits and this person's made a vanilla biscuit six vanilla biscuits i mean yeah. and also and during the judging mary called her a clever girl and i got like a massive ache oh no like, yeah oh clever girl it's very patronizing very patronizing because she's not a girl she's not a girl she's a woman very much a woman. she's like 40 i think yeah um i, I like jonathan's twist on a ginger nut so like a honey and ginger cookie and he was candying his own ginger which is fucking hard yeah i must have taken ages. you have to like blanch it right yeah, you have to blanch it first and then you have to let it candy for ages in the syrup. But you only made five, so that's probably why. <laughs> now, moving on to the disaster of this challenge was oh, definitely Are you gonna, not going to talk about the facts that we learned from Sue? Oh, I wrote it right. Uh, the, down. the fact that I listened to was that Mary Queen of Scots didn't like shortbread because it didn't exist when she was alive. <laughs> that's what I learned from that point. That's a good fact. <laughs> that's a good fact, isn't it? <laughs> well, after the the very very boring factual parts which i i have to say i'm actually just skipping through them i'm not listening to them great I'm not watching them at all we come to louise now louise thought that she she'd been told that her chocolate cake was a bit simple the week before oh, so she thought i'm gonna do something really complicated it wasn't even that complicated she decided to make the stained glass cookies where you get a simple butter cookie and you cut out in the middle you put some crushed boiled sweets in and that melts when the biscuit's baking and you get this lovely kind of glass effect oh, they look great on like christmas trees and things like that but also they do look quite good they don't taste very nice it's that, that no. kind of mixture then between this like crunchy sweet with the biscuit that's meant to melt in your mouth i don't think ever really works that much no but they do look special but she had a bit of a problem. She Hers pulled... looked particularly special. <laughs> yeah. She pulled her tray out and it was just like this sludge that just spread out across the whole tray. Oh, bless her heart. And, and, at one, and then at one point, Mel was just like, oh, but you've got some more. And she's like, yeah, it's the same mixture, Mel. It's just going to happen again. Like, it's not going to change anything. <laughs> oh, God. Bless. Like, I mean, it was awful. Like, it was never going to go well. Like, no. that, that. once you get to a certain point, you don't have time to remake it. It is what it is. But I will say she did manage to pull something together. Yeah, I mean, she that wasn't her only problem though as well because she hadn't used the proper parchment or anything because then she just had them and they were all stuck to her actual baking tray because of the boiled sweets. And then she said in the end, in the judging, because I thought maybe she'd put too much butter in, she'd put seven times the amount of sugar in. But like, like thinking about that, how does that happen? Like, it's not like you added an extra zero. 
No. Like, do you just add it seven times and forget? <laughs> <laughs> like, and also, as someone that's made these biscuits over and over again, like we're talking about, we were talking about shortcrust pastry last week. Mm. You kind of recognize, if you put too much of an ingredient, you're like, oh, this doesn't look right. Mm. Seven times. That said, I once made shortbread without any sugar. And it was just like, it was crunchy, crumbly and gross. Because <laughs> um, I just didn't put that in. And I have also messaged you previously to shout at you about your sourdough recipe because I've just not added the salt and it's yeah. not worked. But it's a teaspoon, so you, you don't notice that when you're sure. doing the mix. But you it's, it's, it later. The, it's the adding it seven times. Seven the times. Concern. I mean, it must have been, I don't know how much weight, like it must have just been a bowl of sugar. I don't know how she brought that unless, together to a dough. Unless she was using a recipe, then decided to double it on the day and then just did some bad maths. Yes, like Dan when he doubled all his fruit in hours and then exactly went home. That, that's probably what it was. There yeah. we are, fixed it. Anyway, apart from Louise, they all had some quite nice biscuits and the judges seemed to quite like them. They fired through it so quickly, I couldn't tell what had happened. They were kind of like, yeah, like that. That's good. Nice, bit thick. Don't like that. Nice, good, great. <laughs> nice, bit thick. Nice, bit thick. <laughs> um, on to the technical, we had that famous biscuit called the scone. Yes, I, was, I wrote this down. That's not a biscuit. Not a biscuit in any way. But what is it? Oh, it's a tea time treat. But uh, I don't... otherwise known as... It's it's more it's actually different. It is more cakey than biscuity, though. I would say it's more cakey than biscuity, but I would say it doesn't fall in either category. No, I mean people do that really simple thing where they say a biscuit as it gets old goes soft, and a cake as it gets old goes hard. And scones as they get old do go hard. And tough. I would say a biscuit you can snap, or it's chewy, or and crumbly. a scone is neither of those. Well, because yeah. shortbread shortbread doesn't really crumble; it kind of snaps. Oh yeah, it's just if you made it bad. If you put too much sugar in it, it'll crumble. Do you know what I don't like with shortbreads? People, I'm like Mary, I don't like it too thick. Like when they make a thick shortbread, I hate it. Yeah. My shortbreads are like the width of like a pound coin, perhaps. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Like yeah. It should be thin. Anyway, I think a scone should be a cake, technically. But then also Americans call, like their similar thing is a biscuit. Yeah, they call it a biscuit. So their so scone, I mean, the American biscuit is adjacent to a scone. It's like you don't rub in the butter as much. Yeah, so it's more flaky. It's more flaky. But it but is it's very a, similar. It's a similar thing. It's like a flaky scone. And I was I was kind of wondering, or oh, maybe they're doing it because of that, but they weren't thinking about American viewers back then. No, and also... They were barely we, thinking about British viewers. As we move on to the showstopper, we realise they just, this wasn't biscuit This week. wasn't biscuit. It was really just wasn't. a week. But scones... They made scones because they were in schoon. Scones for a technical... It's a good challenge. A really good challenge because again, like week one with the technical for the Victoria sandwich cake, scones are, everyone should know how to make scones. Mm. And even if you're good at making them, there are ways to make them better. And... and also you can mess them up very quickly. Like with a scone, if you egg wash the sides, it's fucked. Yeah. Because it sticks to itself. It just needs to be the top. Like there's so many things that can go wrong with it. There were some lovely things that Mary said. When you're making a scone, it needs to be by hand to finish, said Mary. And it should stick to your fingers by the end. <laughs> <laughs> basically i hadn't realized it was mary who brought in all the innuendos yeah and then paul kept meaning to say air eight but kept saying airy eight. Oh no like, this is embarrassing and then he said it twice in the same sentence and i was like someone surely should have told him the producers don't know either <laughs> it was a good challenge though like i really really liked this challenge it was very good and i was thinking as it started i was like okay these are all going to be very very similar but actually people did mess up i mean one of the classic things with scones which paul talks about they called it chaffing which i don't know what he was talking about mm. basically if you over need a scone yeah it just becomes tough yeah that like you want to touch it as little as possible <laughs> <laughs> too sensitive <laughs> um, and then the other thing is the big issue that a lot of people had was having their oven temperature too high which interestingly 
you actually do want it high to get a really nice lift. And then you're down. But then, t- yeah, I, I have mine at a high temperature. I put them in and then turn the oven straight down. Because mm-hmm. um, some people's really were, you could tell they were very crunchy on the edge. Yeah. And there was one moment where, was it Miranda who was trying to scrape the bird off? Mm. And someone's like, that's never going to fly with the judges. They're not going to miss that. I mean, we've all done it. I mean, you probably, you probably didn't, but we've all done it. I love the way that people, because people kind of piled their scones up. You just like, put the bad ones at the bottom. And even in series one, Paul like scrummages around to try and find well, of them. Course. Awesome. Of course he did. Yeah. Probably told by the producers. They also gave us a ranking this time. Rather than yes. last time, they actually gave us a ranking. Did you write it down? Well, not all not all of them. Oh, I wrote them all down. Eight. Well, last was David. Yes. I did not, because he did his really thin, he did his like basically the size you want your shortbread. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the top three were Louise in third place, Jazz in second, and Jonathan was top. Was it not Miranda in third place? Oh, maybe. <laughs> doesn't really matter no she well had the bird, done jonathan. she had the bird ones she couldn't have been in third place <laughs> so you know what i loved is when paul was talking about jonathan's and when he was doing the judging he said these are brilliant if you walk past a shop and each one was selling for 50p 50p nah, cost of living the cause he lives that would never happen now now if you go to any bakery anything you're getting with your cup of coffee or tea is going to cost like three pounds three isn't it 50p for a scone i would be eating so many scones nowadays <laughs> i love a scone actually that actually was one of the things that i was thinking of when i was watching this was i really just wanted to make some scones i like to make a cheddar scone with cubes of apple and chive in it Ooh. Yeah, that's a 10 out of 10. See, I do me. love cheese scones, but I also, if you make just sweet scones and just put cubes of bramley apple in, they go Ooh. really soft and mm. nice anyway. A cheese scone with marmite. Oh, lovely. Right, I'm starving. I was going to say, let's make some scones after this. Because the other thing about scones is you can whip them up very quickly. Oh, I've got some smoked apple wood in the fridge. I could <gasps> put that into a scone. That would with be nice. apple. Oh, God, we're, such, we're so good at this. Do you know, and a bit of Marmite would actually work very well. Oh, I love a Marmite meme. Anyway, on to the showstopper. The showstopper of biscuits. Of all the biscuits you've ever seen, no. They were doing pitifors, which are, were meringues. Filled meringues, was it? Filled, filled meringues, meringues or something. Shoe buns and macaroons, they called them. Which they aren't. They're called macarons. Yeah, because a macaroon generally is the very chewy kind of coconutty. Biscuit made it's with like eggs, a coconut rock cake. A yes. coconut rock cake is a macaroon, but the almond meringue biscuit is a macaron. But for this entire episode, they called them macaroons. All of them did. Yeah. Every single person in that tent. Yeah. Like, I do not understand what they were doing. Because I have to say, when they started and they said it was going to be macaroons, I was quite. I quite like a macaroon, like an actual macaroon. And um, then there would there would have been no biscuits on this on this Petit Four challenge. Yeah, that would have been tough. I mean, meringues at least they're crunchy, but they're not biscuits. No, I actually technically think that macarons don't count no i, mean, I, I know either. that they've had to do them in biscuit weeks before and like we made them in our biscuit week some of us i i just don't think they're biscuits personally if you had three elements and two of them were like full-on biscuits and you added a macaron in as well yeah fair enough but when the macaron is the only biscuit yeah. then no I, I feel like if you're doing like a meringue week or a dessert week or a patisserie week that's where macarons come in personally yeah, yeah. interestingly jazz was the first person ever on bake-off to do the above the head with the meringue mixture so it doesn't tip out on you yeah well done jazz that mean that's been done to death ever since and she was doing popping candy in the middle of her meringues um, and didn't paul call it like a moon rock moon dust moon dust which sounds like something you get from like those special shops in amsterdam 
Yeah, I mean, it probably is. Probably is. Paul probably frequents them a lot. We got like no information about anybody in this challenge. Like no. there was nothing. Honestly, there's nothing. The only person I wrote down, I knew what she was making, was Ruth, who was making macarons with crystallized violet. And then her eclairs, she was making the eclairs, which had raspberries and cream in them. I really liked Ruth's. Out of all of them, I think Ruth's were my favorite. Mary favorite, loved but... them too, because they had a nice wet filling. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, just keep on giving. You don't have to be. She, she gives and gives and gives. She's an oversharer, isn't she? Mary's certainly a top. Save some for episode three, Mary. But, they, but like, actually, what's interesting is the innuendos. Yeah, I'm picking up on them, but like, they aren't being picked up on by anybody in the tent. No. And, and Mel and Sue aren't making any no, either. Not like, at the they're funny things she's saying, but. It's not in the culture yet. I wonder if that's where it comes from, because at first they're probably, it's on BBC Two. It seems like a very wholesome programme. Yeah. Um, and they're probably not really thinking about them. And then as they watch these edits back, they're like, Ooh. Mary. 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 <laughs> <laughs> one thing that was interesting for us, probably not for the rest of the people watching, was that Louise at one point went behind the, the back test. And shouted for some double cream. So basically, the sunburst is the bit at the back of the tent. The, the, the glass window. There's a whole other tent behind. And we are told... On week one, under no circumstances are you ever allowed into that back tent. Yeah. So if you ever need something, someone else has to go be out behind there to get things. So it was really like, for me, it was like, oh, it was like a really naughty thing to That's do. I, saw, I wrote that down as well. I also wrote down that Louise's apparently weren't thick enough for Mary's liking, which is controversial because normally she doesn't like them thick, famously. Well, she's very picky, um, isn't she? And Paul said it was very wet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's gross, isn't it, really, if you think about that too much? No, I, mean, I did think about that one a bit too much. Um, David basically didn't manage to complete most of his stuff, but he made some gorgeous shoe swans, which why, are really hard to make. What was he struggling with at the start? Why did he suddenly lose time? I didn't really notice They didn't that. tell us. Oh, okay. We just, know. It just suddenly seemed to be halfway through he'd done nothing. This was a very strange challenge because Petty Fours, they were all making three different things. So there's eight of them making three different things, and someone who can do maths quickly will tell me how many things that was, but that was a lot. What's eight times three? 24. So 24 distinct items, but they gave us like these boring facts, which I didn't even write down. And we didn't find out what everyone was making. Yeah. And then when it came to the judging, all you got was them going, mm, delicious, next thing. And didn't know whose thing belonged to whose. It was very quick. I have to say as well, for this series, if people like ASMR, because it obviously wasn't really a thing back then, there's some lovely crunching, biting biscuit kind of sections. There was no beauty shots. No, of the there cakes isn't. Either. So you don't really get like a moment to look at them and see them. Also, Tom Hovey, who is the illustrator that does all the drawings mm. for people's um, bakes, he did do it from episode one. These were his. And I saw an interview with him afterwards. Cause I was like, well, how did he get that job? And he was actually just working on the visual team, like uh, with the screens. His friend had got him the job last second. And they were like, oh, there's something missing. We need some kind of drawings here. So he just took it on. And they're pretty crap in this series. They're not coloured. No, colored they're not coloured. And he said it probably was series three before he kind of like, got into a rhythm of like oh because this is how it is and now that's made him because he full-time just does all of the illustrations for all the different versions of Bake and they're Off. always so beautiful oh they're brilliant so eliminated this week eliminated was louise and anita who was uh, like one of the nearly star bakers last week yeah if there'd been a star baker she could have got it and then this week she definitely did struggle but it was hard to follow who was doing well and who was doing badly mm. so anita's truly a verse queen she went from top to bottom and it only took her the matter of hours and then there were six. They are really racing through this series. Now, onto this week's taste test, which was inspired by Chuck's question about grilled cheese with jam last week. 
This comes from Leslie, who likes to dip their grilled cheese in ketchup. Which sounds reasonable. Yeah, it sounds really nice. But their friend likes to dip his into cinnamon applesauce. And it has to be cinnamon. If it's normal applesauce, he'll add some before going in for the dip. I don't think I know what applesauce is. Well, it's sauce made from apples. That figures. So, it's a doubler this week. Which one of them goes to jail? Leslie or her anonymous friend? Or are they both doomed to live behind bars? Take the ad break to have a good hard think. Or a Google of what applesauce actually is. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, it's us, interrupting the ads to advertise ourselves. Not like that, I'm taken. I'm not, so I'm not not advertising myself in that way. We digress. We're here to talk about our Patreon. Or our OnlyFans, as we like to call it. Each week, we upload bonus content such as ad-free and extra episodes, exclusive Q&As, behind-the-scenes content, and more. And all of that could be yours for the small price of a coffee each month. Or we also have an annual membership available for a cheeky discount. And you get the added bonus of knowing you're helping us to keep the podcast in your ears each and every week to join us all you need to do is visit patreon.com forward stroke sticky bum boys we'll see you there okay i don't think i have a very strong opinion i don't think it's that different from apple butter that we were talking about last week well first of all leslie definitely doesn't like dipping your grilled cheese and ketchup she's she's that's safe. normal that's fine and um, dipping into apples yeah i don't think it's that much different i did find out i actually did just google this afterwards because afterwards thinking oh it's just applesauce applesauce is a very specific thing in america and is it lumpy use it no, it's really smooth and gloopy. And people use it as an egg substitute in baking. Oh, I have seen that before on, yeah. um, on recipes before. I think I've seen that. I've always assumed it was like a chutney, not smooth. I don't know why I've always thought that. 
It's not dissimilar to apple butter, perhaps. No, exactly. I think this is an okay thing. I don't Do think you know it's what? That Neither of you go to jail. You are fine. Salty sweet. I'm not going to try it. The first person in our inbox is Joshua, who says, Try as I might, my cookies are always far too hard. What am I doing wrong? There you go. Well, too hard. I do like it a bit softer, actually. I like mine to have a bit of a bend. <laughs> a little bit of a bend, a little bit soft. A little bit chewy. Yeah, I don't mm. like them too hard. No, not at all. Paul always wants it to be hard, doesn't he? Paul likes things to snap, like our mental health. So he's <laughs> always after them to be... Pr- he, Paul loves it hard. Yeah. Prue quite likes it hard too, I think, actually. Yeah, and Mary quite likes it hard. Mary likes it hard, for sure. <laughs> uh, I would say, take it out once it starts to crispen at the edges. <laughs> Oh, David's gone again. <laughs> We've lost him. You okay there? Take it out. Take it out. And it starts crisp with the edges. Yes. I, I, it's, it's, this like, when it starts things. turning brown a bit, take it out. Yeah. <laughs> if you... <laughs> when it starts to turn brown, take it out. Oh, douche. <laughs> um, if... Yeah, with biscuits and cookies, there are multiple things. If you're leaving it in the oven too long, it's going to get hard. <laughs> And remember that when you take them out of the oven, they harden as they cool. They're going to they be do. soft when they come out anyway. So don't wait till you think it's already hard. So only put them in for Put them in, just keep on doing it two or three minutes shorter than what you're doing it and see what you get. Also, do cookies that have less sugar in them because they tend to go more caramelly and Are you being well. serious? Well, <laughs> I'm trying to be very serious. Alex, I don't even know if this is even recording because Alex isn't looking at his computer. <laughs> this is. <laughs> do you like it soft or hard, Alex? He likes it soft as well. Each to their own. I genuinely do prefer flaccid. No, I would. (laughs) I'd be serious. If I watch porn, I want to see the first part of the porn clip. I don't, I get bored when it's like, when it starts going hard. Well, do we want to continue into the inbox or shall we just all take a minute? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, let's just carry on, shall we? Did we we? answer your question, Joshua? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we've helped. I feel it's been a learning experience for all of us. Right. The first person is Nikki, who says... The, the, the first person, which okay. is ignoring I'm, Joshua didn't happen. I'm hoping that. I'm just trying to, like, rush it from my mind. Alex may have edited that whole bit out. Uh, okay. The second person, or the first person, uh, is called Nikki. And they say, uh, Hi, Sticky Bun Boys. I'm writing to you from San Diego, California. I've been loving the podcast so much. It has quickly become my comfort soundtrack and an excellent way to stay equal parts distracted and motivated while running. Oh, I love that. that you listen to it while running, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, or the gym. I'm going to be visiting London this June and I'm in need of some travel guidance and inspiration. So the two of you have any favourite bakeries, cafes or must visit spots for a first time tourist. I will definitely be ogling at Buckingham Palace with all the other Americans, but I would also love to visit some less crowded local areas. Any advice would be much appreciated. Thanks for so much joy. I'm not sure you're going to be thanking, <laughs> thanking anybody after what Dave has just revealed. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I She says she likes, because I do listen to our podcast when I go running, mm. um, but sometimes at the gym as well. And the other week I messaged you guys because I was doing a workout and then Alex said something really funny piping up and I dropped my weights. And my gym is quite, you know, it's a lot of very serious people. Um, and I was just sat there laughing. It's David and the Meatheads. Um, David and the Meatheads. Where? That sounds like a special film uh, which you only watch the first 10 minutes of uh, <laughs> in london where do you the thing is though when you live in london you don't really go to like the like any tourist or i don't go to tourist spots no and if i if we do like we will go to the theater michael mm. and i go to the theater together you're like you rush to the theater you don't 
spend mm. time around that area because they are very, very touristy. I would definitely, though, say go up to Camden Lock because there's like lots of like food stalls, food markets, like knickknack shops. That whole area by Camden's lovely. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many nice areas. I would definitely say visit an Ottolenghi deli yes. for cakes because they're absolutely amazing. And also, if you are on the South Bank where lots of tourists are, bread ahead. Borough Market mm -hmm. is brilliant. Borough Market's a place to go because it is just foodie heaven. And if there, particularly go to Bread Ahead and get a donut. And to be honest, must visit spots. I would just say walk along the South Bank. Like yeah. there's always stuff happening. The National Theatre, you can go and get a coffee and use the toilets, which are free all day. And, and there's so many, probably like other big cities, there's so many great coffee shops and bakeries. But if you're walking past one, Definitely just do a quick Google just to see because there are also loads of shit ones as well. Mm. But you'll be able to see if they've got good reviews, then just pop in. And if it's raining, Borough Market's good. Camden's less good. But then if you're in Central, if you go to Seven Dials, um, if you're looking at the Matilda Theatre, and if you're going to see a show, actually see Matilda, best one in the West End. Looking at the Matilda Theatre, on the left-hand side, there's a road which has the Donmar Warehouse on it. But it's also got like an indoor food hall. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, it's called Seven Dars Market. That would make sense. It's got like a big neon banana on the wall and it's lovely in there. Yeah. And there's also Monmouth Coffee there and Neil's yes. Yard and things. Because we're quite good at this. <sighs> we are um, very good. Let's move on quickly. Paul says, I need help. So my husband had to spend two months in a different state for work and we're monogamous. So that meant a bit of a drought. He came back nine days ago and I'm obviously thrilled he's back. I've really missed him. And of course, I was looking forward to watering the plants, as it were. <laughs> That's quite a good euphemism. I like that. However, on the day he came back, his 60-year-old mum decided to come and stay with us too. I was a bit annoyed, but I figured she was excited for him to be back as well. But she is still here and doesn't show any signs of leaving. I mean, how long has that been? Has it now been six months well, or he something? Said, well, he said it came back nine days ago. If you were listening, oh, David, I missed it's that been bit. nine days. Um, <laughs> it's been nine What's the word? I've been 84 years <laughs> we've not had a second of time alone together since and my husband insists on her staying in the house rather than in a hotel despite the fact she lives only a couple of hours away I've started hinting that we need some alone time but she always insists that she joins us even when we go to our room for a, in quotes chat she follows us in what do I do and am I an asshole for wanting her to go do we don't really say the word asshole here do we no I think she's being a bit of an asshole for like following them into the room when they want to chat. It's that's a bit, a bit much. weird. Like, I do think you don't expect someone to stay in a hotel if they're coming to stay. That's a bit. I do. But also, staying for nine days is quite a long time to stay for anybody. Yes, it is. Yeah, in someone's house and to follow them in. I mean, surely she doesn't sleep at the end of their bed though. Like at nighttime, can't but they maybe close it's like their a mood, door? Maybe it's like a mood killer. Yeah. Like they're in the next room. Do you know what I mean? Still, if you're desperate. I feel like you can just close the door and do it in a bedtime. Just or just like book a hotel. She's, yeah. not, she's not booking a hotel. Why don't you get one? But it is strange that she wants to do every single thing with them. Yeah, I also feel like it's kind of on the husband. Yeah, to me, what this is exactly right. It sounds at the moment like... I am, all, I am always exactly right. He, <laughs> he is a bit too much of a mummy's boy. He should be the one that's saying, first of all, give us some space. Second of all, it's been nine days. Go home. It's been lovely to see you. You live two hours away. I'll come and see you for lunch tomorrow if it's that bad. Yes. Maybe there's something else going on with the mum. Maybe, Maybe she is jealous of Paul and is like deliberately trying to get in the way. And mm. oh, it's a assert. hard one. I would say speak to your husband and ask your husband to have a conversation with, with the mum and be like, I think it's time for her to go now. Do you know what? It's one of those annoying things because if you say it's because I need it, like we always feel bad for saying what we need, don't we? Because then I would think if I said that, then I would think, well, now he's only doing it just because I've said I wanted it. Rather, I want him to want to 
be with yeah, me kind of thing. Yeah. But get over that because you need it. Like if you need your own space and we all need our own space, just say that to your husband. Be like, I need my own space. And, and if plants don't get watered, they get really dry. They, they get dry and they snap off. <laughs> so you've got to be careful. Right. The final person in the inbox is Brandon. And this is a story. Brandon says, this story goes back a few years and I was living back in Toronto. I started talking to this guy, Xavier, yes, I'm naming and shaming, who is a few years older, around 24, and I went out on a date with him. We didn't jump straight into bed and waited until the classic third date. Why is that a thing? <laughs> I don't think for gay people it seems to be the thing. Just whenever you want. Just yeah. whenever you want. Needless to say, we had some great sex. Well, if it was needless to say, I shouldn't have said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's relevant actually so perhaps she doesn't need us to say but would you believe that right afterwards he told me he'd been a virgin until he met me it took me by surprise but I just figured everyone moves at their own pace sure fast forward 10 months and we'd been monogamous since that third date it's quite a quite quick time to become monogamous, but sure, yes. I mean, fine. He was the first guy taken to meet my family and even went camping with us in the summer. But I'd never met his family or been to his flat as he lived with his family who were all homophobic and he was trying to protect me. Oh, wow. At the end of that summer, he took me on an all-expenses-paid trip to Paris before I moved away for college. But when we got back from the trip, he started being really weird and insisted that he had something to tell me. Can you guess what he wanted to tell me? Let's pause. No, but an all-expenses trip to Paris sounds nice. That sounds lovely. I went to Paris with one of my best friends, and we <laughs> went and bought baguettes uh, and a wheel of camembert each, baked them, ate them, and, and slept for 12 hours. <laughs> that was a lovely day. I'm not sure that's what Brandon did. No, I don't but... think that's what he had to tell him. I've read what he says, but what do you think he oh. might be telling him? So they've just come back from their trip. He starts acting weird. What has he got, what's he got to tell you? So, oh, I don't know. Something to do with his family? I mean, you're pretty much there. Alex thinks he knows. I'm not going to let him speak because he's already had three words this, this podcast. <laughs> and we have to pay him more if he speaks. Uh, turns out that twat had been married the whole time. <gasps> yeah, that wasn't expected. That's why I've never it, been to his flat. The real stinger was that he was married to a man who knew of me the whole time <gasps> and didn't even care. I had a full breakdown about it and ended things, even though he promised it was a loveless marriage and that he was leaving <sighs> him. Flash forward to two... Wait, don't flash forward yet. <laughs> Sorry, flashback. That's shocking, That's though. That's appalling. Because first of all, I thought what, that just kept on building. So I was like, when you said he's been married, I was like, oh, he's married to a woman. So he's been keeping his secret man on the side. He's married to a man and the man even knew about it. So I do need to apologize to Brandon because it wasn't needless to say. No, it was not needless. Because he told him that he was a virgin. He, oh, he's, lied a lie. in, he's lied in so many areas. He's a liar there. and a cheat. And then he promises it was a loveless marriage that he was going to leave him anyway. Well, when were you going to leave him? It'd been 10 months. You've just been to Paris. It's been to Paris. Okay, we're going to oh. fast forward. So two weeks later, my not boyfriend boyfriend, love that as a phrase. Wait, is uh, that the same? That's not the same guy. Then. That's the same guy. This, oh, this is yeah. a married man. Is visiting me in Ottawa, pulling the same, I need to tell you something stunt. Any ideas what it could be this time? Why is he even still speaking to this guy? Why is there anything more to say? <laughs> <laughs> So, Surely if you're the person who's just admitted all those awful things about yourself because you are literally the devil incarnate, you just say it all in one. I mean, yeah, that was quite a lot. You could have just, I mean, you've got the shock value then, just slip some more things in. Just slip, slip a bit more in. Slip a bit more you can, in. You can always get one more in. Um, turns out he's 29 and not 24. So he's <laughs> older than he said he was. Oh, and six months after we broke up, he texted me that he got a new dog and named it after me. <laughs> I'll tell you who the fucking dog is, mate. Christ, and it's not Brandon. It is Xavier. 
Xavier. Xavier. So I've always thought all Toms are fuckboys. Sorry to any Toms listening, not isolated fan base. But wait a second. There was a lot of Toms on the Bake Off team. In fact, everyone was called Tom and Bake Off, Michael. What did you do with the Toms on Bake Off? I didn't. None of them. Oh. I do speak to a couple of them still, but like none of them. But um, I'm afraid Tom's a fuckboy name. Well, I've only ever met one other Xavier and I didn't like him at all. So Xavier... Maybe, maybe it was the same one? It what wasn't... was his dog called? Oh, I don't know if he's got a dog. Well, if he does and it was called Brandon, you know. God, what's wrong with everyone? Well, that was quite the juicy dive into the inbox and our thoughts and prayers are with Brandon. Please keep sending in your questions and stories, stickybunboys at gmail.com or drop into our DMs over at stickybunboys on social media. Remember, if you'd like bonus content, including Q&As, extra episodes and so much more, join our only fans at patreon.com forward stroke stickybunboys. There's more than half a year's worth of content for you up there to feast on, you lucky things. We'll see you next week for our favourite bread week. In the meantime, keep them sticky. Sticky, sticky, bye-bye. Sticky, sticky, (laughs) bye-bye. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.